Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. Hey friends, welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits. Some of you may be wondering, What's up with the name Mavericks and Misfits? It's cutesy. What does that mean? Certainly wasn't meant to be cutesy, but it was um, kind of something I felt like the Lord gave me to describe who the target audience is because it's kind of the way I am. I'm I, I'm a kingdom guy. Uh, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed of him or the gospel. I believe that his kingdom is going to come to this planet. And so I am seeking as a Jesus follower to prepare my own life for the kingdom that's coming and the parts of the kingdom that are already here that are lived out and experienced by faith. And so um, all the little boxes that people try to squeeze God into, and you know, it happens in a lot of different ways, but my number one experience with the squeezing down and the diluting of God happened because of denominational traditions. And so from day one, I was always asking why, you know, why, why do we believe that? Why do we practice that? Why is that important? Why, why did he preach that? Why does she promote that? I was just that kid who, you know, spiritually speaking, I was 24 when I got saved, but I was that young person. It was just like, well, why, why, why do we say yes to that? Why, why do we pound that? Why is that important? And what I found out is the more I asked why the, the fewer answers I was getting. <laughs> and, and, and I came to realize, man, there's a whole um, just kind of block of Christianity that's basically living out what somebody told them was true, and they never examined it for themselves. And so that turned me into a bit of a maverick. And what a maverick does is a maverick tends to you know, buck the system, and if he or she has to, they ride alone a little bit. And if you're going to do that, um, you're going to end up being a misfit. That means that the status quo version of Christianity is not really going to hold a place for you because you ask too many questions. And so Mavericks and Misfits is not, you know, we're not advocating rebellion. There's spiritual authority. I believe in that. Um, but we, we are saying that it's important that um, people are like the Berean Christians in the book of Acts. And what the Berean Christians did was they, they searched the scriptures to know what was true. And that's kind of what we do. And so if you tuned in regularly and if you're tuning in now, you've probably picked up on uh, the fact that um, I don't I don't promote a camp. I don't promote a certain flavor of Christianity. I just try to point us all to Jesus and try to um, harness the truth of God's word to be the anchor and the sail that moves us along in this voyage with him. And I actually want to talk about that today. I really want to talk about fighting with truth as your weapon. And so I, I do, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sidestep it. I, I view life as a battle. I view life as a war. Um, I view life as you know um, a conflict. Uh, some people, my wife's so sweet and gentle. Amy is just uh, such a peaceful person. And although she's a spiritual warfare guru, she loves to fight in the spirit. But Amy, Amy's not yet charging up a hill to conquer territory. She's she is um, fights her battles a different way. But she's a woman of truth, and so we fight differently. In other words, the way I fight in the kingdom, and the way Amy fights in the kingdom, the way you fight in the kingdom, it doesn't have to look the same. But let me tell you one thing that must be core, must be central. And that is the truth. And we're living in a day where truth is rapidly evaporating. It is mind-boggling. 
the insanity that is going on in our culture from government to media to entertainment to uh, church life to global um, um, you know powerhouses it's it's all a bunch of lies there is now the ignorant willfully ignorant embracing of lies by the general population we will believe what anybody tells us as long as it makes us comfortable and reassures us and it is it is pathetic it is sick you know the whole issue with um, the olympics a few weeks ago and and men biological males i don't want to get into anatomy but human beings with penises and testicles posing as women saying because i feel that i am a woman i should be allowed to compete as a woman in olympics and it's in collegiate sports it'll probably try to worm its way into professional sports and the american population and the global population is saying yes because that man feels like a woman and declares himself to be a woman he should be allowed to compete as a woman Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to try to couch this in pleasant terms. That is so stupid. It's just stupid. And yet the American population, even Christians are saying, hmm, maybe we ought to give consideration to this. It's that kind of willful, blind, stupid ignorance that the American population and the global population is embracing. Why? Because we hate the truth. As, as, a human, as humanity, we hate God's truth. We don't want anybody telling us anything that infringes our right, presumed right, to self-identification and self-government. And so that's why they're teaching our second graders that they can be male or female. It doesn't matter what uh, genitalia they were born with. And it's ridiculous. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the dude that steps up into the public forum and sets this thing straight. This thing is so... Uh, mired in deception that I don't know that we get back um, to where we were before all this stuff's happening because it's just growing and growing. And there's people that are falling prey and they're victimized by this, man. I mean, you've got natural born females that are having competing against males, although it didn't work out too well for that power lifter, that male power lifter who competed as a female in the Olympics and he couldn't even medal. I probably took some not so holy delight in the fact that that man who <laughs> declared he was a woman couldn't beat the biological women. I was like, thank you, Lord. Um, I don't know if that's holy or not, but it sure does feel right. And so when we're thinking about the deception and then we've got, you know, the deconstructing of the Christian faith, we've got people that, that, you know, once believed Jesus Christ is the son of God. Now they're like, mm, maybe not, but I don't know if I have to believe that in order to be a Christian. And then you've got people that don't believe necessarily that Jesus had to die for sins. And then you've got people that believe that Jesus is a very respectable, wonderful, reasonable way to be right with God. And they call themselves Christians, but they also say to the Muslim, they also say to the, um, the new ager, they also say to the Buddhist and the, you know, other world religions, they say, yeah, but I'm sure your belief system leads to God too, because God's love and God's not going to shut anybody out. And they just ignore the mountain of scripture that details that, no, Jesus Christ is the only way. There is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And in this idea that we are reinventing and repackaging truth and then promoting it, not as alternatives to truth, but promoting it as the new truth. And that stupid phrase, sorry, I'm just going to rant a little bit. That stupid phrase, well, that's your truth. And that's her truth. 
and that's his truth. Guys, truth by definition is 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 not it's not able to be um, you know, twisted and, and reshaped and still be truth. There are some things that are right. There are some things that are wrong. There are some things that are black. There are some things that are white. There are some things that are holy. There are some things that are sinful. And this idea that we've lost our grasp on the truth is permeating every sector of American society. And I'm, I'm speaking to Christians like I, I'm just being so blunt with you right now because the, the, the world is pugnacious, man. The, the narrative in the world and the culture is so in your face pugnacious, daring you to question its, its wisdom. And so I'm just pushing back as a maverick, as a misfit, and I'm saying, I don't care what you think. I don't care what the culture thinks. I don't care what the deceptive politicians think. I don't care what the entertainment industry thinks. I don't care what the Hollywood elites think. I don't care what the compromised people in Christian churches think. I don't care. I'm telling you, I got the truth. Jesus Christ said in John 17, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. That's John 15, 17. Jesus said, excuse me, John 17, 17, Jesus said that. He says to the Father, sanctify your people, set them apart in the truth, in the truth, not in their opinion, not in what they think, not in what they feel, but sanctify them, Father, in the truth. And then he defines for us, unless we wonder what the truth is, your word is truth. That's what Jesus said. So if you're a follower of Jesus, follow him in that that the word of God defines for us what is true. Now, let's, let's just go there, man. Let's go into this place where we just hit this concept of truth from the scripture because that is the, um, that's the anchor. That's the plumb line. The word of God, what God says in the written word is true. And Christians, listen to me. If you're not filled with the word, if you're not aligned with the word, if you don't have a high regard for the written word, then you may be saved, but you're not a Christian. What do I mean by that? You're not Christ-like. You don't reflect Jesus, his values, his purposes, his mission. You might be justified because he's merciful. And he'll even justify somebody that never gets grounded in truth. But the only reason that you're saved or justified in the first place is because you at least believe the truth that Jesus died for sinners like me and you. And you believe that he rose again for sinners like me and you. And you believe that his blood cleanses every sin in people's lives like mine and yours. And so you at least believe that part of the truth. Well, don't stop believing there. Believe the rest of it. Believe all of it. Jesus said this in John eight thirty two. He says, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You see, the more we align with the truth, the revelation of who Jesus is and what Jesus said and what the word of God says, the more free we get. People think they want freedom, therefore they don't want to have to read the Bible, believe the Bible, or obey the Bible because they want to be free. Well, you're actually more enslaved the further you get away from the scriptures because Jesus said the truth of the word of God actually makes you free because you become the fullness of the identity that God's got for you when you align with the truth of the word of God. And the truth frees your mind. The truth frees your impulses. The truth frees your instincts. The truth frees you up from the, the flesh which dominates you and drags you down. It's the truth. And when, you, when you're renewed in the spirit of your mind, according to the truth of the word of God, that's where you are revolutionized. You know, people are like, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity because, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be sucked into the system. And I'm like, no, you, you actually exit the system 
when you align with Jesus Christ. The people that don't believe the truth are the ones sucked into the system. It's the broad system that leads under destruction that Jesus talked about. And so when you actually align with the truth, you're actually coming out of the system. The system is dominated, the actual system, the world system, the system of the culture, the system of society, the system of the flesh actually seeks to enthrone you so that you'll rule by your own wisdom, that you'll rule by your own pleasure, that you'll rule by your own instinct. You're just like everybody else. If you are not following the truth of Jesus, you're just like everybody else. You're part of the system. Christianity is the countercultural Christianity, Christianity is the thing that it's the alternative to the system that everybody else is in. And Jesus said the truth, my truth, Jesus says, my truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I will make you free. Um, he said that in John 14, 6. He said, oh, you want to know what's true? Look in my eyes. You want to know what's true? Listen to my words. You want to live what's true? Follow my steps. I'm the way. I am the truth. And when you embrace Jesus as the way and the truth, you'll find, oh, he is life. This is what I've been looking for. I'm a Holy Spirit guy. So some of you might think I'm just some kind of Bible pounding, you know, fundamentalist fanatic. Oh, I don't mind pounding the Bible, um, but I'm a Holy Spirit guy. I, I pray in tongues. I speak in tongues. I prophesy. I press in for signs, wonders, miracles, I, all of that stuff. Dreams, revelations. I, I, I'm not embarrassed to say that. I'm not embarrassed of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit who does give supernatural gifts, who does, you know, blow our minds sometime and thrill our hearts sometimes and bring us to our knees sometimes, who works in ways that will embarrass the flesh sometimes. But you know what Jesus said also about the Holy Spirit? John 16, 13, he says, when he, the spirit of truth, dun, 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 the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So again, to all my charismatic friends that are listening, I appreciate the fact you pray in tongues. Go for it. Prophesy. Hallelujah. You should. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings. Man, we need more of them. I'm wondering why they're not flowing in my life like they could. I, I really do. I, I pray for that. Words of knowledge. Words of wisdom. Absolutely. Want to see it. Dreams, visions. Yep. Joel 2. Acts 2. Believe that that'll be the reality of the, the last days. But if you're one of those Holy Spirit people and you like all the signs and the wonders and you like the tongues and you like the healings and you like the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, let me ask you this. Do you also like the truth? Because he's the spirit of truth. And Jesus said that when he comes, he guides us into the truth. I don't have any use for somebody that talks in tongues and then walks in a, an, an attitude of defying the truth with the rest of their life. Because the Holy Spirit is bringing you deeper into the revelation of who Jesus is. And Jesus is the truth. And if you're walking in Jesus and you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to be a truth lover. You're not even going to be, you know, casual about the truth. You're not going to have a take it or leave it. You're not going to, listen, if you're full of the Spirit, you're going to love the Word of God. If you don't love the Word of God, then you're full of something, but it's not the Spirit. And I hear all the time from people, well, Jeff, I just don't like to read. Okay, well, then buy the Bible on audio. Go ahead and spend 99 cents and get you a Bible audio app and listen to the truth. But the, the reality is that, that faith comes through truth, and we grow according to truth. Some of y'all are still living on truth that you learned five years ago, and you're just living in that. You don't have anything new. <laughs> you're not learning and growing. 
yeah, I'm feeling a little confrontational today. You're okay with that, right? Because we need to love and provoke one another into good works. You know, we, we actually have to provoke one another into deeper intensity about our Christian lives. Um, Jesus said this. He said um, in John 17, he's praying to the Father in John 17. You ought to read that prayer in that chapter. Read John 17 today and, and note what Jesus is asking of the Father. And Jesus prays over his followers and he says to the Father, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. And then he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Now, you've already heard that from me, but that's the context. Jesus says, set them apart in your truth. Set them apart in your truth. If you happen to be like a hardcore fundamentalist and, you know, you're, uh, you're all about standards and behavior and all that, listen, it's fine. We ought to live holy, moral lives. I'm, I'm an advocate for that. But um, some of our traditions that we learned aren't rooted in truth. They're denominational standards that somebody came up with a while back and they've been passed down from generation to generation and they're unexamined and they're not true. I I remember when I first got saved, I was in a fundamentalist Baptist church and good people. I mean, they really loved me and they really loved the Lord. I'm not indicting their character, but I I, I will say that. And I later became pastor of that church. But I remember early on, it was all about rules and regulations like if you didn't, if you carried a copy of the King James, uh, anything other than the King James Bible, you were scorned. You were mocked. Uh, no matter that it's a, you know, a 17th century version of the English that nobody speaks anymore, but it was the Bible. And so people mocked you and ridiculed you and scorned you if you didn't have the King James Bible. You know what that is? It's not truth. Women couldn't wear pants or as back in the day, the country folks called them britches. They couldn't wear them britches. Why? Because that, they said that was putting on the attire of a man. And the Old Testament law said a man cannot wear that which pertaineth to a woman. A woman can't wear that which pertaineth to a man. And if that woman wears britches, she's got man clothes on. Oh, my goodness. That's not truth. That's tradition. Because that one verse later it says if you don't have a roof on the top of your house, <laughs> then you're breaking the same law. I don't know anybody that puts a, a, not a roof, a fence. They, they literally say build a fence on the top of your roof. That's the same passage of scripture. I'm thinking, well, the same people that were barking about a woman wearing britches to church never said anything about why nobody had a fence on the top of their house. So, guys, what I'm saying is this. There's a lot of mindless tradition going on. And, and you've got to get into the word of God. Examine the traditions of your fathers. To the degree that they align with the word of God, hold fast to them. Don't abandon them. But listen, the ones that don't have anything to do, they don't have anything to do with truth, the truth of God's word, you're free to let those traditions go or to observe them as under the Lord. But we don't advance and demand and advocate traditions that don't have their anchor in truth. I like Ephesians 6.14. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. That girded your loins is a weird phrase that doesn't make much sense to us. But back in the day, if a dude was about to get in a fight, or if he was a soldier, or if he was just a dude about getting a fight, he would take his tunic and he would tie it up under his belt. Because, I mean, basically dudes back then, they wore what we would call like a skirt because there, there weren't pants at that time. And so they would take their tunic and they would pull it up between their legs and then they would tuck it into their belt so their legs would be free to move and they could fight and they could stand and they could resist whatever was opposing them. And so Paul uses that imagery and he says, hey, 
the way you fight, the way you stand firm in the battle is you have your standing prepared with the truth. You know, the enemy moves and traffics and lies. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He harnesses media influences and cultural influences and entertainment influences so that he can disseminate his deception straight into the lives of anybody that'll listen. And we're supposed to oppose that deception. We're supposed to live out the truth of the kingdom. We're supposed to promote and advocate for the son of God, Jesus Christ, and what he says is right. And the only way we can do that is we have our loins girded by the truth. We have our standing anchored in the truth. How do you fight the lies of the culture? Do you know why so many Christians are buying into this gender fluidity? And by the way, that's just, that's just where we are today. It'll get worse. I promise you this. Mark it down that Jeff Lyle said in 2021 that before the year 2026, in five years, there will be open legislation that says that as long as a man loves a child, then he can have sex with that child. That will be openly advocated. That, by the way, that's already out there from the Man Boy Love Association, the Mambla or whatever it's called. Um, that, that there's literally legislation. It was in California a few years ago where people are saying, well, as long as the kid's like 12, 13 years old and he's pubescent, as long as he has feelings for this adult and then the adult has feelings for him, they ought to be able to have sexual relations with each other. I mean, it blows my mind even saying that nonsense. But that's because deception has taken hold. And people, I promise you this, people in the church that years ago never would have questioned whether homosexuality was a sin or not. Now they're saying, yeah, I'm not so sure about that anymore. Because, listen, I think God is love and love is God. And so if somebody, two people of the same gender actually love each other, what does it matter if they're a couple? What happened? Well, they believed the lie over and over. The often repeated lie starts to sound like the truth. And if you don't have your loins gird with truth, then you're, in other words, if you're not standing in the truth, you will fall to the deception. And so it's just incremental. The devil doesn't mind taking his time. The devil is not, you know, out to win you with one lie. He just keeps saying the same thing over and over again and increases the volume of it until it starts sounding like truth to an ignorant generation that doesn't know the truth of the word of God. And so that's why yesterday's vices are today's, you know, virtues. And, and so now we've gone from, I mean, good night, you know, the, the issue of um, traditional marriage, male and female. I mean, we lost that one, church. We lost it. The culture won. That is now in the culture and the church is just kind of shaking their head saying, man, we wish that hadn't happened. Well, the problem is, is the church didn't stand in the truth and the culture won. And so now it's the same thing with gender fluidity, and that's why they're teaching your kindergartner that it doesn't matter if he has a penis or a vagina. It doesn't matter because they get to pick whatever they want because, after all, you know, gender is non-binary. And it's just insane. I mean, it's, it's medically, scientifically insane, but it is spiritually, chaotically insane. But because people don't believe the truth, they believe the lie. That's just the way it works. So let me finish up with this, because to me, Philippians chapter four, um, Philippians four is a really important chapter in my own life. I don't have time to talk about why today, but l let me give you, let me, let me just give you one verse, Philippians four, eight. And this is Paul telling people how to situate their minds. He's telling Christians 
how to aim their thought life, how to perceive and process the world around them. And this is what he says. Finally, brethren, whatever is true. That's the first thing he says. He says a lot of things. Whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is beautiful, whatever is noble, whatever is of a, a, a good report. If there's virtue, if there's praise, he says, think on these things. But the very first thing in the list, very first thing he says, let your mind dwell on what is true. You know, my emotions are not always aligned with the truth. My presumptions are not always aligned with the truth. My first thoughts are not always aligned with the truth. So what do I have to do? I have to think on what is true. How do I think on what is true? I go to the Word of God. I go to the Word of God. I think intentionally on what God's Word says. I soak my mind with the Word of God. Listen, I appreciate prophetic ministry, but prophetic ministry is never to supplant the ministry of the objective written Word of God. Some Christians are like 10 stars out of 10 when it comes to prophecy, and they are zero stars out of 10 when it comes to knowing the written word. And you can't know whether a, a verbal prophecy today is true if you don't have the plumb line, the foundation of the written word of God. And so we have to give our minds to what is true. You have to read your Bible I don't know why I'm kind of like agitated on this. I feel like I'm fighting the spirit of the age that is coming against the church. But if you're biblically ignorant, let me make you a big old hairy audacious promise. If you're biblically ignorant, you're already believing some lies and you don't know it. If you, if you are biblically ignorant, it doesn't matter how sincere you are towards the Lord. It doesn't matter how serious you are about, you know, wanting Jesus to be glorified. If you're biblically ignorant, you're already wrapped up in some level. It may not be massive, but it'll be there, some level of lies. And if you're not today, you will be tomorrow. Because you can't untangle the briar patch of lies if you don't know, if you don't have the garden shears of truth to clip away the thorns. You get caught up in that mess. And so Paul said, whatever is true, think on that, dwell on that, get your mind soaked with that. Um, I, I'm concerned about the church. I'm concerned about Christians, old and young, but I'm really thinking on the future. My kids' generation, my kids both are grounded in truth. Um, you know, we're not the perfect parents, Amy and I. Amy's almost perfect, but I'm far from it. But we grounded our kids in truth. They know the word of God. And there's been more than one occasion in recent weeks and months where my son or my daughter will come to me and say, Dad, how come my friends and how come my peer group are questioning this, that, or the other when it's right there in the scriptures? And I say, well, listen, don't hate on them or anything, but the reason why they're questioning is because they don't know those scriptures. They've not been trained to read the Bible. They're, they're just kind of living off of whatever is being talked about. They're podcast junkies or they're, you know, you know, TED Talk junkies, but they don't know the truth. And listen, my kids need to grow in truth. I need to grow in truth. And you need to grow in truth. And so we're talking today about this battle. We're talking about this war. 
We're talking about the um, colossal engagement coming against our souls from the enemy. We're talking about the minds of a generation being so deceived that we can't even determine if it's a boy or a girl, a man or a woman. We've lost that moral compass to such a degree. And where we lost it is when our Bibles remained closed and collected dust because we stopped hearing the voice of the Lord. I'm going to have more to say about this in weeks to come, but I I hope you'll receive it from me. I'm not mad at you because I don't even know who you are. I don't know who's listening and who's not. But I'm mad at the spirit of the age that is so deceptive. And I'll be honest with you. I'm upset with Christians that just allow this to continue to happen. And now our minds and our lives and our hearts are being shaped by the deception of the age all because we refuse to acknowledge the truth. So get in your Bible. It starts as a discipline. It turns into a delight. Get in the Word of the Lord. We'll talk to you next time. Have you gotten a copy of Jeff's book? His autobiography, titled Figuring It Out As I Go, shares Jeff's journey from being abandoned at childhood to journeying through the maze of addiction as a teen and young adult into his supernatural deliverance at the age of 24 and then into the fascinating pilgrimage into the depths of the Holy Spirit. Order your copy today at jefflyle.com or anywhere online where you buy books. You can also hear Jeff narrate the book by ordering an audio copy of Figuring It Out As I Go at audible.com. 